0: to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Well, y'all can have a seat if you're physically able. Today is a pretty special day altogether. Today is a -a once-a-year opportunity that we call Kingdom legacy. Uh, are you excited about today? Say uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Before we jump into today, I have two announcements that I want to share with you, the first of which is uh, about next week. So everybody say next week. next week. Next week, we're starting a brand new series called Holiday Survival Kit. Uh, I've, just, I've, I've heard over the years that holidays can be a little tricky And take it from somebody who has lived some tricky holidays. I have in-laws, outlaws. I've got everybody in my family. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of uh, tips and tricks for how not only just to survive through the holidays, I want you to enjoy them, to really have a wonderful Christmas time. And so next week and the week after are going to be really important for you to be here. If you have annoying family members, bring them to church. You need them to hear this information. Some of you are like, Pastor, I don't have an annoying family member. Friend, I got bad news. (laughs) You are that annoying family member. You need to be here, so don't miss next week. Say next week. And then also coming up in just a couple of weeks, can you believe that we're here? We're going to be celebrating Christmas together as a church. That is on December 24th. Now, for the first time, we're having four different service options. If last year, if we didn't have Snowpocalypse happen... We would have needed the fourth service last year. And so we had snowpocalypse. Our attendance was over our normal attendance that you'd have on any uh, given weekend, even though there was a massive blizzard. We're believing God against any kind of weather like that. In fact, if anybody sees Lake Michigan, spit holy water on that thing. We don't need lake effect snow. But uh, four service times, 8 o'clock in the morning, those are the people that are saved, okay? Uh, 9.15... 10.30, and 11.45. There are four different options, and here's the deal. We're on Alpine Avenue, and this is on a Sunday, okay? It made way more sense just to add services on a Sunday morning than to make you have to fight Alpine traffic on the evening when we could already have a service. And so uh, they are 60-minute services. All four of them are going to be identical. We're going to be singing Christmas songs. We're going to hear the Christmas story. We're going to light candles, sing a holy night. It's going to be great. Make plans to be there and bring somebody along with you. Today is our annual Kingdom Legacy Sunday. Now, one thing you're going to hear me say really a couple times today is that I don't have time to share with you everything about what God has done. We prepared a report that you can download. It's a little PDF. If you go to newchapel.com slash Kingdom Legacy. That's the website. Really easy to remember. We're, we're having a day called Kingdom Legacy. Newchapel.com kingdomlegacy Kingdom Legacy. It has a report about what we have done in the last 12 months. Also, it casts some vision about where we're going in the next 12 months. And we're going to have a taste of that today, but you don't want to miss what uh, is on that site. It really gives you, for those of you that are numbers people, you want to see how it broke down That's our our, our little love letter for you. If you are new to our church, and statistically, many of you are brand new to the church, we dedicate one Sunday every year to look back at what God has done and really cast vision for what we're going to be doing in the following year. And I'm humbled by the fact that God allows us to be part of his work in the here and now on earth. We're going to give you a snapshot of what he's done and a glimpse of the future. But at the end of today, we're going to be dedicating an offering. So we're not taking two offerings. There's not one coming like right now. Some of you are expecting that. It's going to come at the end. and We're only going to pass the bucket once. How many of y'all have been at that church where they're like, "Mm mm-mm, pass it again? You know, it's not going to be like that. And so we're just going to pass the bucket one time. But this is not a surprise. This is something that for the last six weeks that we've talked about. And it's part of a value that we have here at New Chapel. And here's the value we never want you to give because you feel like somebody's pulling your arm. We never want you to give grudgingly or necessity, the Bible says. We don't want you to give because you feel like you have to, or like we we gave you a whole bunch of sob stories on the screen, and you're like, all right, I'll do I never want to be that way. And we 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 really guide and lead our church in such a way where we don't have to be that way. Giving should never be done that way. The best giving is predecided, And so over six weeks, you've been praying about this. Today is the day. It's not that we can't have spontaneous giving. As Christians, I feel like we need to do that from time to time. But honestly, I feel like it's more outside of the house than it is in the house. I feel like we need to decide what we're going to do is our worship to God. Amen, somebody? Now, somebody might be in here and you say, Pastor Joe, I really don't have anything to give. I get it. If you could, you would. In the past, you have. In the future, you will. I don't want you to uh, withdraw or unplug from this service just because of money. I want you to be engaged in what we're going to be telling you today because you're part of a church that is making a difference, and I don't want you to miss out. Amen, somebody? And if you are a visitor here today, I can't think of a better Sunday for you to come. Some people will oh, man, I brought somebody, and it's the Sunday. We're taking the offer. I forgot. Listen. This is a great day to be a visitor for this reason. You get to hear about a church that cares and cares deeply, cares deeply about this generation, what God is doing in Grand Rapids. A lot of people have given up on Grand Rapids because you think it's New Jerusalem. Because of the amount of churches. I'm going to tell you something. Grand Rapids is a religious city. It's not necessarily a faithful city. We've got great churches here. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But, but we have ground to take in this area in Jesus' name. Are you with me, everybody? And so that's, that's the heart behind this. And New Chapel, you are the most generous church I have ever met. I want to thank you for that. I also want to let you know that this offering that we're going to be receiving today is not out of need. We're not sitting back in rooms writhing our hands. Oh, what are we going to do? Let's take another offer. You no, know, it's not like that at all. In fact, all of our needs are met. I am not an impulsive leader. I want to hear from the Holy Spirit of God, and we budget and plan accordingly. We weigh every cent that comes into this house carefully, so carefully. You have no idea. The amount of work that we get done with three staff people, I mean, it's just unreal. And one of them's on maternity leave. I don't know what we're going to do, but... Uh, We are not receiving this offering because we have this this great need. In fact, here's what it's like. We get to a service like this, and I pray. I pray about what God has for us in the following 12 months, and I ask him, and here's what it is. This day is all about what we could do if. If. If we took this little extra step, if, this, if we put a little fuel on the fire, what would happen? That's what today is all about because God always is going to have more vision for his church. Amen, somebody? Uh, the book of Psalms, the Bible says this in Psalm 112. The Bible says that those who are righteous... Will be remembered forever. So when you're a godly person, when you're living this thing out before God, this 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 uh, uh, Christian walk before Jesus, and you're you're trying to do it the right way, there's a legacy there. In fact, just to get our definitions straight, write this down: Legacy is what people are going to remember when you're gone. So when they uh, wheel a box up to the front of the room or a bucket, whichever one it is, and we celebrate your life, you will be remembered for something. You are making your legacy. It might be small, it might be big, it might be super influential, might be family-driven, might be church-driven. You are building a legacy, and it's what other people are going to remember about your life. Now, the Bible conveys three different levels of giving. It talks about tithes. It talks about offerings, and people give those all year long. And then it talks about extravagant giving or sacrificial offerings. And at New Chapel, what we do is we've programmed the year in such a way to give opportunity for all three of those because they're, they're things that God wants us to participate in. And so we positioned ourselves to do that. We can't play it safe. I love that God works through our church during the year. A lot of our growth that's happened in the past year, It's predictable. It's, it's not a surprise for me, and it's not just because I'm a man of faith. It's because we've budgeted the proper way. We've done our programming the proper way. We're both getting people saved and discipled. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, but a lot of our growth is predictable. What we need to do is be a good steward of everything God has in the future, and some of the things that we have planned to do in the next 12 months are so big that if God doesn't show up, we are going to have egg on our face. It is going to require us as a church to step out in faith, not take leaps of faith, there's no such thing in the Bible, but take quality steps of faith and trust him, and I believe that we're going to see God's goodness in the land of the living. Can I hear an amen, church? And so that's, that's the vision, that's the goal. We need to feel the fire. There's a lot of people that they don't feel the fire. Maybe they became successful, their church grew in some season, but what ends up happening is many people end up guarding the flame. They try to protect, well, we got to circle the wagons, we've got to protect. And, and I don't think we have to make the discernment in between protecting what God has done and taking ground in what God wants to do. After all, it was big, hairy, audacious goals that got us to the spot that we're in today. And it is faith in God and quality steps towards his goodness that will see us through tomorrow. I believe that. And I believe that in the bottom line. Now, God is moving in our church. This is true and he sees it. This is so important. So legacy is what other people remember about you. I want to show you, in fact, maybe you want to jot this down. Kingdom legacy is what God remembers when we're gone. When we go on to glory, in fact, we'll be with him, but what will he remember about our life? So legacy is what other people remember. We as a church, we're called to leave a kingdom legacy. The book of Hebrews, the Bible says this in Hebrews 6, that God is not unjust he will not forget your work he will not forget your work man I've I've rested in that in so many seasons of my life he will not forget your work and the love you have shown him how'd you show him love as you've helped his people and continue to help them God will not forget he's thinking about what you're doing He, he it's before him he values the ground that we have taken and he values the ground that we will take you know, the average church size in America is about 70. In fact, I think the stat is exactly 67. The average church, 67 people. Well, that's not the case at New Chapel. I don't cast shade on small churches. I, I, I think that there's a difference in between a church that's healthy and growing, and albeit might be small. And then there's a lot of churches that have dwindled in size from former glory to 67, as it were. And I look at that and I say, man, the opposite is happening in the house of God here. The opposite is happening at New Chapel. We're watching the miracle unfold, and if God is blessing us so much, I just believe that we need to be a good steward of what he's trusted us with, amen? So Kingdom Legacy actually focuses on three different areas, three areas in particular, and it's the same three every single year. We might have different emphasis or projects within these three headings, but here's what it is. The first one is we focus on people, 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 people. In fact, all three of these, focus on people it's just the first one is very direct what does that look like looks like some of the outreaches that we do special initiatives benevolence and mercy ministry leadership development so people is huge Uh, the second area that we focus on with kingdom legacy is in our places so the church is not a building say amen. amen the church is not a building church is a people but every family has a house Okay, so, so this house, it matters, and we've, we've got to constantly make little adjustments. We'll talk about that, but it's all to make room for more people. And then the third area that Kingdom Legacy focuses on is our partnerships. This is where we support missions, local, national, and global, and we really take steps into church planning. In fact, this year, we took steps in church planning like we never have before. Okay, I want to give you our report card, if you will, over these three different areas And this is a lot of information. I don't typically preach this detailed, but here's what I know. There are different learning styles. There's different motivators in the room and some of you are diligent business people, and the numbers matter. You want to see that receipt. If you don't understand everything I'm I'm talking about, here's what you just need to do. Say, praise God, and give me a good clap if it sounds good, everybody. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with people. Here we go. So people, we left a kingdom legacy in 2023 when it came to people. We had Operation Christmas Child, where we partnered with Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse, and we packed 250 gift boxes that were sent overseas. That's awesome. That went to go do world mission all over different countries. We also had local Christmas outreach where we packed a total of 300 Christmas gifts and we went to mobile home parks and apartment complexes and, uh, and we made a real difference in the lives of people. 300 people received a gift who might never have received a gift on Christmas. Pretty cool. Uh, Also, for our Easter outreach, we did our door-to-door outreach like we do always. We did popsicles in the park, but we upped all of that. We did more than we ever had. And the fruit of that is this. Maybe you want to get loud about it. Our Easter services saw 532 people with 45 salvations. That's what it's for, everybody. We had a Living in Freedom event with... Justin Barclay and uh, and this in the middle of the summer we had 446 people attending, 31 people accepted Christ, and many more of you became part of our church that day. Incidentally, we gave away an AR-15 uh, at church, which uh, is a godly thing. And so, uh, okay, so that's, that's a little picture of uh, people. I want to also tell you on the people vein, we haven't stopped feeding the fire with student culture. So student culture is our teenager ministry, or middle school, high school ministry. And so we've been investing, and here's what we saw, 29 salvations and eight baptisms of teenagers this year. God is not done, everybody. And so what an honor, and and this is, the numbers, listen to me, the numbers tell part of the story, it's not the whole story. So these people that are getting saved, I wish I could somehow convey to you the discipleship, the relationships, how they're getting plugged in. Many of them are serving today. It's happening, it's because we made an investment in people, even young people. We didn't even make it all about us. Okay, uh, the second area is place. We cultivated place, for Kingdom Legacy this past year. We made significant improvements in our facilities. Last year this time, I told you, hey, we've got to cut the stage, move it back. We've got some light changes to do. We need to buy 400 different chairs. And you rose to the challenge. We did all of that. You'd think it'd just be like really cheap to cut a stage, but there's a lot of infrastructure and electrical work and lighting that had to be added to. This is a very small room. Now, we added those 400 chairs, which made a huge difference. I thought, this is great, we'll just pack them in like sardines. And it worked for a long time until we ran out of space again. What was not on the radar was three services. But all of the work that we did in the auditorium, all the work that we did with infrastructure and upgrading these classrooms and our sign by the road, it all paved the way for us to have the greatest growth season we've ever had here at New Chapel. I am happy to say this here's what's kind of deceiving. You look around the room at a 10 o'clock service, and you're like, man, but there's some open seats. That was the point of going to three services. The point was to give more room, because when you go over 80% full in a room, people start looking around. They're like, "Ah, hard to get in, hard to get out. I'll just come when I can, and people actually end up leaving churches because there's not room. We didn't see three services coming. It came. We were able to leverage all that God had blessed us with, and I have a little bit of vision for moving forward, but I getting ahead of myself. And so, so uh, we cultivated place at great expense, and the place made place for programs and made place for people. Third area is that we invested in partnerships at Kingdom Legacy. I want you to get loud about this. New Chapel, you gave $56,180, actually over 11% of church revenue to World Missions. Can we give God honor and praise for that? Wow. We supported uh, many ministries. There's two in particular that we leverage a bigger lump to. So one of them is the ARC. That's the, associated, uh, the Association of Related Churches. It's the group that we launched with, and we've helped be a part of 2,000 church plants locally in uh, domestically in the United States and abroad. But we also leverage a large portion of our giving toward the pastor's friend. That is Pastor Eric's ministry. Now, you say, Pastor Joe, that sounds like nepotism. Y'all look at me. You ready? It is. (laughs) But it's not just nepotism. It's because I've had a front row seat to see what my father-in-law has done. Anybody who knows me and knows me well will tell you I've been very critical of missions most of my adult life because I felt like I was a missionary to Grand Rapids. And Pastor Eric, and the work that he's done, especially overseas, especially in Pakistan captivated me. It was really amazing. And so here's some of the wins that have happened. We, New Chapel, you planted three new New Chapels in Pakistan, in Shakapura, Joyanwala, in Misla Varanka. I don't know if I'm saying those right, but there's church that happened there today. Pastor Yusuf and Pastor Alkas held church called New Chapel in Pakistan. Can we give God praise for that? Wow. 212 kids were freed from slavery. And then we scholarship them to go to school, so we gave them books and clothing and food. 250 pastors were uh, preached to in pastor's conferences. They got on fire. They're learning evangelism right now. They're all very afraid because of radical Islam, uh, Try to put pressure on them. And and so they're learning how to do evangelism in a way where you don't die. It's one of the most important ways. And and so they're being trained that. Pastor Eric's having a huge effect there. Pastor Eric and I, we had a mass gospel crusade in Pakistan, and there... uh, Uh, Myself and Pastor Eric, we preached to 7,000 people live. It was the largest amount I had ever preached to at one time. We preached to over 10,000 people all together in all of our different trips. Hundreds of salvations. Hundreds of people filled with God's spirit. Discipleship breaking out. God is on the move. Are you with me? Come on. So we... We've partnered with World Missions because it makes a difference. We've always given 10% away to World Missions, but we are exceeding that, and God has more meat on the bone. I can't wait to tell you about that. Uh, Some ministry milestones. I want to share about 2023. Again, groups tell part of the story. Uh, uh, These numbers, I'm sorry, tell part of the story. So groups... They had 92 in regular attendance, so sometimes a little lower on Thanksgiving week, right? Sometimes a little higher, but 92. Here's why that's a big win for us here at New Chapel. It's been a little bit difficult to uh, change mindsets in Western Michigan about small groups. We're very used to Sunday school mentality, that type of thing. We're okay with, but Sunday school is just another vignette these groups. And so the relational discipleship is the point. So to see that uh, just under a quarter of this church is engaged, that's, that's massive. For discipleship, 54 people joined the church, 55 people completed New Chapel Grow, and 42 new people joined the Go team. Let's celebrate that. That's a huge deal. And here's what that's showing me. It's discipleship. It's not just go into all the world and make Converts. It's go out the world and make. So there is like a conversion, but make disciples. We we were getting people yes on fire with God that they're getting their hearts right with God, but then they're learning how to walk out their faith. Significant milestones in 2023. Again, numbers just a part of the story, but from 2022 to 2023 we saw 20% increase that's the first 8 months against 2022 but i asked a question what about the last 3 months against 2022 they said it was 28% additional increase in other words there's an exponential growth that's happening at your church right now it's happening we had 57 people get water 57 people get water baptized and get loud about this 141 people gave their life to christ at New Chapel. That's, that's huge. 33 out of that group were kids and teenagers. God is on the move. One last time, can we give God all the glory? Great things he has done. Wow. Now, God has done great things in the past 12 months, but God has great things for us in the next 12 months. Are you with me? Uh, again, newchapel.com kingdomlegacy has the detailed report. There's more than what There's more than what I could fit even into today. But as far as people, let me cast a little bit of vision, wet your whistle, if you will. We just want to do more. We want to exceed the outreach. Like, there's more outreach we could do. Even this past year, we couldn't do it. We go at the speed of your generosity. I don't pressure you about that, but as the money comes in, that's when we do the outreach. We want to do some more special initiatives, benevolence, leadership development. We're believing God for two mass media outreaches, and we want to give all of our small group materials away. Uh, We've heard from many people, Joe, you got to charge for those materials. And I just, (laughs) I love to give everything away. (laughs) And so the team, they said, we we need to follow this advice. So for the first time, we, we charge for some of our materials, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I would just love it if maybe one of you today said, let's not do that. Pastor Joe, how much does it cost? $1,200, $1,500? Let me rate the check. Let's have all of our small group materials for free because we don't want any bar from people joining in and getting discipled. And so the goal is this. Tell me if you're with me. The goal is $40,000. I think that we can do it. Get loud if you believe New Chapel can accomplish everything God's called it to do. So there's the people side. I'm going to tell you the places. So our vision for places, it includes making more room so I never saw us at three services here we are but now we're gonna have to do something else because space is running out we're talking about in fact it's uh, at the architect's office right now removing this wall on this side of the building and going into the hallway there's about six seven feet of hallway space we think we can fit in 40 50 additional chairs we would have to make that whole hallway part of this room, and we would add double doors on that hallway so there'd be another exit getting out. We simply need the space. Now, first service has a little bit of space. Third service has a little bit of space. This, we're already over the ratio of what they would say you need to have before you add another service. And so if, if any of you have ever considered 830, 830, uh, I wish I could go TBN on you and promise you like some sort of miracle blessing, but like I just need you to go there, okay? And so if you could do eight thirty or do eleven thirty, please do because ten o'clock is when we have the most visitors and it's when we have the most capacity. but that's a good problem. So we have to make space in this room so we have the capacity to continue to grow. We also have some areas, if you've ever checked in, a your young person back in kids church, you get into the family entrance and it seems like there's plenty of room, but then you have to go through a a single door. And some of you that have little baby strollers, it's a war to get through that. And then there's another single door to get through. And so we want to take some of those walls out and open up that space. And uh, to do that, we're going to have to have some infrastructure changes. It's not just demolition. There's some electrical changes that are involved in all of that. And also, if all those walls were down, the carpet would look like something your grandma sewed as a quilt at one point. And so we'd have to update some of our carpet as we go back into the kids' space. But we do have vision for what God wants to do with places. What's the goal? Put that slide up there, guys. The goal is 50,000. You say, well, Pastor Joe, 50,000, that's 10 grand more than your people. It's all for people. Everything we're doing is for people. Do you believe God can accomplish 50,000 in the next 12 months? I believe he can. The third area is our partnerships. And simply put, I want to take it up. So we gave $56,000 this past year. I want New Chapel to give $65,000 this next year. Now here's the one caveat. I believe this in the bottom of my heart, especially having gone we need to have our first missions trip as a church. We need to be a church that sends some of you out into the field. And I believe that I can't, it's impossible for me to raise the money to be able to pay for everybody's way to go. That's probably not the best way to do it either. You need to have skin in the game. But at the same time, I want to make our tickets to be able to go overseas as cheap as possible so it's not a barring fact. I want as many of you to get on the mission field as possible. So our our vision is $65,000. I believe God can accomplish that. Amen, somebody? And here's why I believe that God can do it. I said it at the beginning of our time together, and, and it's really the heart of this message. I believe that Jesus takes all of this far more personally than what we understand. In fact, I believe he's going to accomplish everything that we've conveyed to you today and more. I believe that there's going to be breakthrough and, and walls coming down in the name of Jesus. I'm believing God for great things, and I believe that God will accomplish it because he takes it personally. So when Jesus came, he didn't come just to uh, have another religion or or to show God in just a different way or, or to have us practice religion. When Jesus came, he, he wanted... He wanted no longer for religion or obligation or organization or institution to get in the way of you personally knowing God. So when Jesus came, it was not to make you more religious. It wasn't so that you could just join his team. It wasn't so that you just fulfill practices He wanted you to know God in in the most relational way. A lot of passages I could have shared for that. I want to read for you out of John chapter 5. Jesus is saying this. He says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. So what are you doing? You're reading your Bible and you're, you're, you're giving in offerings and you're serving on the team and you're doing good things, but don't be deceived. Jesus says, you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about, say it with me, about... Me, yet you refuse to come to, say with me, to me to have life. You're doing all of the stuff. You're you're serving, and these are all great things to do, but you don't read the Bible to read the Bible. You read the Bible to know God. And he's saying you're missing God because you're doing religious activity. The very thing that should draw you closer to him is actually pushing you further away. You're deceived in a way. You're missing what God is all about. There's some people that you have been coming to church for a while, and you feel like you're missing something. And I'm just wondering if, if you're missing it because you're, you're approaching this season of your life, you're approaching this church in the same religious way that you might have done in the past. And I have no religion to offer you today. I have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, which can change your life. And if there's no relationship, there's no life. Here's what I'm saying. Jot this down. It's really the meat and potatoes of today. If we miss the person... We miss the point. If you miss Jesus, you've missed it all. If you miss what this is all, that relational component, but you're doing a whole bunch of good-doobie things, you've missed what it's all about. I want to spend just the moments that we have left together and give you three big ideas around this. I think it's going to be something that hits home. Uh, first thing, jot it down. Number one, I believe that Christianity is personal it is personal. I I remember uh, when I was a young guy, uh, I got sent off on the church bus. My parents didn't go to church, but they sent me off, and, and I would go regularly. Later, my mother left our family. She became an alcoholic, and she dropped me off at my grandparents' house on the weekend, and I would go to their Baptist church, sit in the back row. We'd sing out of the book, the whole deal. And, and I remember hearing that. Now, those of you that are from a Baptist background, you know what it's like. What they're, they're like, listen, if you don't accept Jesus right now, you might get into a car accident on the way home. And this, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll put it on you, buddy. And then it's just as I am with, like, all of it, every single Sunday. In fact, our deacon, Deacon Jenkins, he'd go back there and lock the door during the altar call. Like, ain't anybody leaving church right now? We got work to do. And it was good because I accepted Christ. But I accepted Christ mainly because I did not want to burn in hell for all of eternity, I will tell you. There was not a noble reason why your pastor got saved. I just didn't want to go to hell. I got baptized because, and they said, well, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. I said, well, look, I got friends, and they're saying different. I just got to cover my bases. You do you. I do me. You know. So I got water baptized. They voted me in the church. Unanimous, by the way. And, uh, and, and I was a Christian. I'm a Christian. But I'm a Christian, and I'm, I'm doing these things. Like, I'm, I'm going to go to church, and, and, and I did church, and, and, and we're going to put up a Christmas tree, and we're going to hide Easter eggs. I'm a Christian. You hear it? But it wasn't enough, really, to captivate me. When I got into high school, my latter teen years, it just it wasn't, it wasn't holding my attention at all. Now, I'm an Italian, which is the apex of a lot of things, I will tell you, but... Uh, one thing about Italian families is we're very loyal. So, like, I could make fun of my sister, but I would fight you to the death if you made fun of my sister. Does that make sense to anybody? Some of you Polish people are like, we got that. You know, it's so like, <laughs> like there's, a, there's a loyalty component. And so I had questions about my faith. I had questions. But if anybody else said anything about my faith, I'd want to fight them. Okay? But I had my own questions, and it didn't captivate me until... June 4th, 2004, I followed a girl to her church, and I walked in, and they had worship very similar to today. I'd never seen it before. People were lifting their hands. I'm telling you, if they would have lifted their hands at the church I grew up in, George Jenkins would have hit a little rubber band. You know, none of that. You know, I mean, like there was none of it, right? So I go into this church, and it's captivating. People were passionate about God. I'd never seen it. I'm not saying that people at the church that I grew up in that they didn't know God and know Him well. I'm saying I didn't. And so when I saw people's passion at this church, they were talking to each other. They were happy to see each other. I was at a church, and they, were, they were happy to see each other. The pastor's wife at my old church, I mean, she was like, Gestapo, if you missed a week, you are like, well, we missed you last week. I mean, it's like, on your case, you know. I wasn't happy to be there. I was doing it because I didn't want to go to hell. But now I'm at a church, and I'm hearing about a relational and life-giving Jesus, and it's blowing my mind. I rededicated my life to Christ or got saved. I don't know, because I saw him, and I want a relationship with that guy. Whatever he's got going on, I want to follow him as my God. That's what, And I found out how you get saved. Here's what it says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Horrifying words. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many, many, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do a whole bunch of stuff? Didn't we prophesy, cast out demons, do miracles? I was there when the church took the wall down. I was there when we cut that stage in half. And then I'm going to tell them, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who you're, I don't know you. It continues on, but I'll spare you. I rededicated my life that day because I, I got to know him. And when you know him and you know his goodness, the, the religious rite and ritual, you still want to do those things, but you're not doing them to earn anything with God. You're doing them because you have this great relationship with God, and that's the whole point. And so some of you wonder. You look down the road, and you're like, you're looking at one guy. You know, It looks like he's about your age. It looks like he's a dad. You're a dad, and he's lifting his hands, and you're like, I don't feel like doing that, you know. Like that's a lot. I love the Lord, but that's a lot. Or you you hear people respond to the message and they're like, "Amen." You're like, "That's a little bit else. And You're seeing people passionate, and you've even questioned, "Is there something wrong with me?" Check yourself, because here's some good questions: Are you here just because Christianity is the right thing? Just because it's right, He knows He's right. He doesn't want to just know that He knows He's right. He wants your heart. Are you following the civic Jesus? Well, what's the civic Jesus? It's, it's, it's God and country and, and guns. You know? Are you following country music Jesus because it's dutiful and it's right? And listen, those three things are great, but listen to me. If you're just doing it in this dutiful way because you're a dutiful person, you're a military person, I'm going to tell you, it's not enough. That's, that's not how Christianity works. Are you following God just because of what he can do for you, what you can get from him? You're not describing Christianity at all. Are you following standards simply because you're a moral person and you like order and you hate chaos? Are you just doing this thing because it's like the, a right thing to do and, and you like orderly things? Or are you doing it because Jesus captivated you? Because he changed your life. You were dead before him. You might not have understood everything about him, but now you are alive on the time, uh, inside. It, is, it matters. And until you resolve that, you're going to base Christianity on, on what you can do or how much you know about God, but write this down. Eternity is not based on that. Eternity is based on who we know, not how much we know or what we do. In fact, there was a guy on a cross next to Jesus who had no opportunity to be a good doobie. He said, hey, look, I believe, remember me. This day you'll be with me in paradise. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Are you with me, New Chapel? That, it matters. So, Christianity is personal. It's personal. Second thing, jot this down. I hope it's not cliche, but, but Christmas is personal. Christmas is personal. And I want to bring this up. Maybe it's a little bit of a, a primer for, for the series that we have coming up next week, but Christianity is, is personal. Christmas is personal. In all the hustle and the bustle and the getting the gifts and the traffic and the, the chaos, it is so easy to miss Christ in Christmas. It's so easy. And the longer that you're in this thing, you'll find it to be true because time starts going faster for you. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I missed this. And and we can't lose what it's all about. So when Jesus was having his advent into the world, when he was coming, uh, an angel was sent by God, and and this angel was speaking to Mary and Joseph and and conveying to them what was going to happen. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 1. The angel says, she will give birth to a son, and you're to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, that name Jesus there, uh, we think of it is is a special name, although in other countries, it's kind of a common name. And it was actually a common name in Bible times. We've translated the name uh, into the word Jesus, but the letter J nor even the sound was in Hebrew. Uh, it was Yeshua, and Yeshua was a pretty common name. I'm sure it shocked them. Like, why are you, I mean, is God up in heaven looking through like year zero popular baby names? He's like, I kind of like Josh. That's what Yeshua is. Yeshua can go Jesus. Yeshua can go Josh. And so God names him a very common name. In fact, uh, there's, this, there's this Mexican restaurant I really like. It's by uh, Three Mile in Alpine down by Home Depot. I love that place. I can never remember the name, but I'm there. And one of the waiters there, I read his little name tag and it said, Jesus. He said, my name's Jesus. I said, I don't care. I'm glad you're here. And so he, every time he'd come and give me another little Diet Coke refill, I'd be like, "Thank you, Jesus." You know. And so, like, it's it's <laughs> it's funny. I don't care who you are. Um, it's a common name even today. It's a common name even today. So what God does is he gives him a nickname. He kind of one-ups it. So two verses later, it says this: "The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel." Now we're getting to real meaning. What is it? God with us. You know why we don't do this elaborate Advent thing at New Chapel? Is because we get too involved in opening up little doors and lighting little candles at home for when Jesus came, his Advent, which is, listen, if you do that privately, that's wonderful. I put up a menorah, so, you know, different strokes. But what I'm saying is this, we, we get fixated on the Advent, but Jesus could have come as a baby and paid the price for our sins. Why did he live 30 years among us? Why did he be tempted in every like manner as of? Because he's God with us. And that's what Christmas is. It's not just the advent. It's not even just a birthday party. It's celebrating the person behind it all that God is, is with us. You might feel lonely in the room. You might be lonely with people, but you're not lonely with God. He's closer than the air you would ever breathe. He's God with us in the flesh. Say Amen. And so if you put up the tree and have the party and give the gifts and pull off the big gift, but you miss Jesus, you miss Christmas. You miss the whole thing altogether. In fact, write this down. It might be a little cliche. Christmas is all, all about the person of Jesus. It's it's what it's all about. It's what it's focused on. You're not alone. Somebody needs to hear that in the sound of my voice. You might be in here, you feel alone. Listen to me. You're not alone. God's here. God is for you. I got to press on. So, I've been thinking a lot about Kingdom Legacy. Uh, it, it's a disproportionate amount of work for us. We, we try to really focus on it so we can pave the way as we move into the following year and some of the outreaches and things that we want to do. And, and your church, as you heard, we've got a lot of great things going on. This is true. I remember last year when I was putting all of those stats together, we finished our Kingdom Legacy. But there was this feeling that something was missing. So as a pastor, uh, I, I lead this church family. And just like any leader of a home, I've got family business to attend to. And I have a little bit of a business mind. Like I love to see those spreadsheets. I want to see the graphs. I also want to see like, hey, can we cut some money here and fuel this project we have going over here? Can we do this more efficiently? Is this bearing the fruit that we want to do? And so if, if it's not bearing fruit, we just we, we cut it and we, we'll put it on something else that's really performing for us. And I I love thinking that way. And I'm crunching numbers. I'm doing all this. This was last year. And when it was all said and done, I felt like I missed it. Not not what we were doing indeed. I felt like like, uh, in all that we were doing, I missed the point. I'm going to give you the point, and and then I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Write this down. Number three, compassion is personal. Christianity is personal. And Christmas is personal, and, and for us today, compassion is personal. So Jesus, uh, he's, talking about, he's talking about his return. He's preaching about it, and he's giving some insight to what's going to happen when he comes back to earth. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, the Bible says this, when the Son of Man comes in all of his glory, and the angels are with him, he'll sit down on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people. One from another. And by the way, you're not so far from that day. You're not as far as you might think. Verse 34. And then the king will say to those who are on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Take your inheritance. He's always trying to reward us. Verse 35. The words of Christ. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me And in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Church, look at me. I'm telling off of myself, that's what I miss. I was doing all of these incredible things, godly things, planning things I need to do that I'm responsible to do. You want me to do them. And in all of my doing, I was doing it for God, but not for Him. I was doing it in His name, on His stead, on His behalf. But I wasn't doing it for the I there. I was. God. You did it for me. It continues on verse thirty-seven. Then the righteous will answer and say, "Lord, what do you? Ta- when did we see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to? Do? When did we see you a stranger, invite you in, or needing clothes, and clothe you?" When do we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? When did that happen? I'm missing something because that's not how the narrative played out. Verse 40, the king will reply and God has a response. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, you did it for me. It was me. Do you see it? It's trickling in, but you'll get it before you leave. You did it for him. You might have thought you were doing it for them. You might have thought that you were helping this guy out and doing these good deeds. And and listen, we should be doing great things, great outreaches, but when you're doing it for them, you're actually doing it for God. And this really affected me because I began to realize that, God, you have more and I'm missing it. And I determined that this year, I wasn't going to wow you with all of my charts and all my pictures. I could have put so much more on the screen. I said, God, I'm not going to do any of that. I want them to love you and give to you first. We're going to do these outreach. Are we going to do it efficient, Pastor Joe? Are we going to, are we going to cut this and add this? Are we, going to, are we going to do it more efficiently than we ever have? Look at me. More efficiently than we've ever have. We're going to get more done than we ever have. But... That all aside, none of it matters if we do it with the wrong heart. We can't just do it on his stead. We can't do it as religious activity. We have to do all these things because we're in love with Jesus, and he changed my life, and I'd never be the same without him. I'm nothing without him. That's why we do it. And at the same time, we need to love God the way that he wants to be loved. And I got it. This is it. Write it down. One of the best ways that you can love God is to love those that he loves. You want to love him? Love his people. I remember when Pastor Brian and I first got married, and they wanted to watch our kids. We had two boys at the time. They'd watch my sons and have a great time or go swimming or go to the park. And they'd send us pictures along the way. Oh, man, I tell you what, it just thrilled me to know that someone else cared for my kids. I think about Ed and Sheila. They take our daughter, Vera, and and Vera, I mean, just loves them. It's Mimi and Papa Ed, and, and they go over there, and they send us pictures, and they're loving on my kids. If you want me to fall in love with you, love the people I love. I told you I'm Italian. We're loyal. You love my people, I love you forever. And that's the heart of God. God is so enamored with finding his lost kids that are outside of these doors. What does he do? He says, look, I want to I take this ground. But he also doesn't want to step over you to do it. He wants you to do it with him and do it as worship to him. This kingdom legacy this year, it's not about all the stuff, though we'll do cool stuff. It's about him. And it's about the one who saved my soul. It's about the one that took me out of darkness and put me into light. Amen, somebody. Okay, okay, we got, we got family business to do. Ushers, if you could stand up and come forward, now's the time, church, now's the time. I've given you six weeks, you've prayed about it, you talked about it, now's the time. Now, I do wanna say this. I'm gonna tell you about the four ways to give in just a moment, but I wanna tell you that Kingdom Legacy Sunday is the day that we open up this giving opportunity. So a lot of people give on this day, but some people have end-of-year giving. That doesn't come until hours before the, the new year. I get it. Uh, we have people that give towards kingdom legacy, by the way, all year long. Many of you do that. Thank you. Today is the opening opportunity for all of that. Four ways you can give, and by the way, we're not passing the buckets twice. So if you have tithes or offerings, normal things you've committed to, that's cool. This, this is your time. But the first way is we're going to pass buckets through the rows That's great for cash or check. Uh, You can also take your offering envelope. If you open that up, you can put your card information there, and you can tell us if it's just one time we're charging it or or more than once. That's between you and God. Uh, You can also give with your phone. You can text to give. The information on how to do that is on the screens. And then finally, you can go to newchapel.com slash give. You can give online. However you do it, ask Jesus what your part to play is. You give it as worship to your God. And my friend, that is where the peace is going to come from. Can I hear an amen, church? Now, if you want to take your tithes, offerings in your hand right now, I want to dedicate this offering to the Lord. I know for some of us, this is pretty significant. It's a sacrificial moment. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this holy moment, for this opportunity to fuel everything, every good thing that you have for us. But God, we covenant in our hearts right now that we're giving it to you. It's all to you and for you. God, we we give it as worship to you. You do your thing. You expand your church. God, you give vision. God, we give this all as worship. God, as we do it, I thank you that you bless people because they cannot outgive God. Father, I thank you that you bless the gift and the giver. Leverage every bit of it to tell your story. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said... Amen. You can pass those buckets. While they do that, keep kind of one ear towards me. I I want to just talk to the people who, you might be a visitor today or you might be someone who uh, is irreligious or not familiar with Christianity, but you came in here. Here's what I hope that you heard. I hope you heard about a God of love. I hope you heard about a church that wants to get behind everything God has for you. We've been praying for you. We've been working behind the scenes for you. And if you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Joe, my life's not right with God, I want to give you an opportunity to pray. So you might be here and you're like, I, this all sounds great, the vision sounds great, I'm new, I'm not Christian. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And So when you make Jesus Lord of your life, when you have that relationship struck as he's the boss, he's in charge, yeah, you go to heaven when you die, you avoid hell, but more important in the here and now is that eternal life starts not the day you die. It starts the moment you accept Christ. Relationship with God starts the moment you accept Christ, not when you die. And so if you're in here and you lack peace, if you're in here and you lack resolve, if you're in here and you're just like, I know I need to make my peace with my God, I want to pray and give you the opportunity to do that. Now, church, this is a pretty cool today, day to do it. I want you to pray it with those people who are praying it for the first time, maybe the people who are coming back home, and I want you to support them, but also say it truly from your heart is a declaration of your faith. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for one minute. We're going to pray this prayer. Pray it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place. You raised Jesus from the dead. I believe it. So with my heart and with these words, I say Jesus is Lord. Forgive my sin. Put your spirit inside of me. I receive all that you have for me. Thank you for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those people that accepted Christ. Louder than that new chapel it's what it's all about. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go... Love you guys. Have a great week. See you next week, We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.